show me the way to I'm taking my time on my ride. These aren't my favorite songs. They're not even necessarily the best songs, but rather my life as a playlist. Welcome all. Life as a Playlist was born in June of 2020, and my first episode was about 90s divas, Mariah Carey and Britney Spears. So I thought it only right that in the final episode of the year, which is technically being released the first episode of 2021, that I would honor my 10 favorite divas of the past decade. So who was my soundtrack for what was one hell of a 10 years? A decade that for me included a master's degree embarking on my teaching career, which brought me to campuses all over Los Angeles, high schools, colleges, a university, and even a federal prison. Traumatic and unexpected end to my marriage, thyroid tumors, multiple mental health crises, a rise in authoritarianism and anti-intellectualism, which brought in Trumpism, a global pandemic, and also some growth self-discovery and forgiveness. Not for Trump. The 2000s had ended with me earning my BA degree and starting grad school after a decade-long, mostly happy marriage and three kids who were growing and thriving. I had achieved stability and had no idea of the utter chaos of the 2010s that was about to shake me to my core and cause me to question all the hard-won knowledge I thought I had attained. While I'm smart enough to forego asking or thinking too much about what the 2020s will throw my way, I'm also resilient enough to deal with it as it comes. As we say goodbye to the 2010s, let's thank these 10 divas who helped see us through. Before we jump into the list, I'd like to acknowledge that this is my personal top 10 and that this list is in no way meant to be objective. I would have probably included Adele, Katy Perry, Demi Lovato, but the one criterion was that each of these artists charted on Billboard at least twice in the past decade. And also for those who think I'm a year late and a dollar short, please count to 10 and then from 10 to 20 before we continue. Everyone thinks that we're perfect. Please don't let them look through the Number 10. Kesha. Kesha's career took off after she appeared on Flo Rida's Right Round single in 2009, but it was in the 2010s where she became the international superstar we love today. With two number one albums this decade, 134 million records sold, and 10 top 10 singles, Billboard has named her the 26th best artist of the 2010s. Much like me, Kesha struggled in the middle of this decade as she sued her former producer, Dr. Luke, who had physically, sexually, and emotionally abused her for years. As Kesha says in an interview from earlier this year, it sent me into a complete spiral. I couldn't cope with it. Music is all I've ever worked for. I've had one sole focus, one source of meaning in my entire life, and then it was fucking terrifying. She also says, I have a lot of beautiful nights, and then I have nights where I sit up crying to myself because I have built up resentment. I want to cope with that. I don't want to let it destroy me. I sometimes wonder if I connect with Kesha's party anthems so much because of the pain behind them, just knowing now what she went through producing them, 
And I sometimes feel guilty now about enjoying them. But like many of the artists on my top 10 list, I admire her and her growth over the past decade and how she's been able to create great art for herself now. And like Kesha, I'm also a vegetarian amateur astrologer and occasional nihilist. My favorite track of Kesha's for this decade is Praying, which Matthew Rosa of Salon says is likely to be remembered as the moment when Kesha Dollar Sign became Kesha. That is, when her overproduced image of a party girl transformed into that of a soulful artist. Number nine, Melanie Martinez. Every list episode I do always has a cheat artist, one that doesn't quite fit my own criteria. And technically, this artist only charted on the Billboard Hot 100 once in the past decade, and it was her cover of Seven Nation Army from The Voice, the show that launched her modest fame back in 2012. She has some other incredible covers from her show appearances, my favorite being Cough Syrup. However, she did have several songs from her 2015 album Cry Baby reach gold status, songs like Sippy Cup, Mad Hatter, Mrs. Potato Head, Pacify Her, some others. And she tells stories in all of these songs, which I really love. They were all certified gold in the U.S. And her songs Dollhouse and Pity Party are platinum. So for those who might not be as familiar with Melanie as the other artists on this list, she was born in Queens, New York. She's Dominican and Puerto Rican and was determined from a young age to become a pop star, being a diva lover herself. She was an especially avid fan of Britney Spears. Growing up with few friends, she describes herself as very emotional and highly sensitive. She started writing poetry to help deal with her feelings. Me too, Melanie. Me too. Being called a crybaby by her peers was her motivation for her first album by the same name. Martinez describes her own music as very dark and honest, and hip-hop trap-inspired beats with creepy, nostalgic, childlike sounds such as baby pianos, music boxes, and toys. The Guardian describes her music as off-kilter, sweary, electro-pop, and Rolling Stone calls her songs Twisted Lullabies About Love, Danger, and Madness. So I actually learned about Melanie Martinez thanks to my emo loving daughter, Sarah. We drive around and listen to Dollhouse and Alphabet Boy, and that became one of our mother-daughter rituals. What I love most about her, other than the pastel goth sound and style, she's the artist who popularized the blunt bangs, one half dyed blonde and the other half black is her social progressiveness, which inform her lyrics both on her Crybaby album and on her follow-up to Crybaby. The 2019 album with accompanying movie K-12 and this year's follow-up to K-12, the EP After School. For example, on Alphabet Boy, she sings, I know my ABCs, yet you keep teaching me. I say fuck your degree, Alphabet Boy. You think you're smarter than me with all your bad poetry? Fuck all your ABCs, Alphabet Boy. Which is really relatable for every woman who's been disparaged by an inappropriately mediocre man who erroneously assumes he's better than her. And on the principle, she sings, I've tried to make you listen, but you won't. It's your way, right? Killing kids all day and night, prescription pills and online fights, shooting at the angels while claiming you're the good guy. All you want is cash and hype. Fuck our dreams and that's not right. She has got her finger on the pulse of Gen Z better than any artist I know right now, except for maybe Billie Eilish, 
Critics have also suggested that she might want to drop her devotion to social justice and her music to achieve mainstream success, to which I'm sure she'll respond with an even more scathing critique. My favorite track of hers is Dollhouse, because I related a lot to my own family experiences growing up. It's a song that speaks to all of us who have lived a very different life inside our homes than those outside imagined we did. Number eight, Rihanna. With sales of over 250 million records worldwide, Rihanna is one of the best-selling music artists of all time. She's earned 14 number ones and 31 top 10 singles in the U.S. and 30 top 10 entries in the U.K. Her accolades include 9 Grammy Awards, 13 American Music Awards, 12 Billboard Music Awards, and 6 Guinness World Records. As of 2019, she's the wealthiest female musician in the world. Time Magazine named her as one of the 100 most influential people in the world twice in this decade. Rihanna credits Madonna for being her childhood pop star inspiration, but says it was Mariah Carey's vision of love that convinced her to do music. In addition to an unparalleled number of pop hits, she's used her superstardom to launch several multi-million dollar businesses and is also a philanthropist. This year, she donated $5 million to COVID-19 relief and followed that up with additional donations of PPE to the state of New York and another $4 million to provide support and resources to individuals and children suffering from domestic violence amid the lockdown. She's also supported many women's rights and LGBTQ plus rights causes. While I've always been a fan, I fell more in love with her after she refused to perform at this year's Super Bowl halftime show to show support to Colin Kaepernick. My favorite track is the 2015 trap song, Bitch Better Have My Money, which reached top 10 in eight countries, including the U.S. Stacey Ann Ellis of Vibe describes the song as badass and bossy. She confidently claims her place as the game's top shot caller, and by song's end, you'll be feeling the same way. Diva indeed. Number seven, Lana Del Rey. Her breakthrough came with the viral success of her debut single video games in 2011. Her debut album, Born to Die, from 2012, had the top 10 single Summertime Sadness, as well as Blue Jeans and Born to Die. She released the EP Paradise in 2012, and then her third album, Ultraviolence, in 2014, to critical success. It topped the charts and spawned the single West Coast. She's continued to chart throughout the entire decade. This year, she also released her first poetry collection, Violet Bent Backwards Over the Grass, as well as an accompanying spoken word album. Her YouTube and Vivo pages have a combined 4.1 billion views, and she's been nominated for a slew of awards, including six Grammys and a Golden Globe. Like me, she's a former Catholic school kid who also struggles with managing anxiety and stage fright. Unlike me, she has an incredible vocal range and a gravelly, emotive voice. She cites 50s and 60s artists like Frank Sinatra and Nina Simone as her inspirations, and her videos are often characterized for their cinematic quality with a retro flair. Billie Eilish calls Lana Del Rey her biggest influence, and while it might seem remiss to leave Eilish off this decade's list, As a relatively new artist, I'm sure she'll be featured in an upcoming show. 
Hillary's politics have been a bit messier. While she's been a vocal critic of Trump and supporter of the Me Too movement, she's also been criticized for being anti-feminist and received backlash for supposedly glamorizing abuse in an Instagram post and for posting a video of looters during the George Floyd protest. Here's to hoping that Delray listens to her critics and continues to evolve as an artist and a person. My favorite track is her 2019 song, Looking for America, which the New York Times writes is a rapid response protest song following a slew of mass shootings from an artist whose tortured relationship to an idealized America has always been central to her persona. Few lyrics, pulled over to watch the children in the park. We used to only worry for them after dark. She sings, her voice vibrating with anger. Number six, Lizzo. Again, showing my subjectivity with this pick as I didn't include latecomer Eilish, but did include Lizzo, who didn't become popular until the later half of the decade. She didn't achieve mainstream success until her 2019 album, Cause I Love You, which hit number five on the Billboard Top 100. However, this was Lizzo's third studio album. She'd released Lizzo Bangers in 2013 and Big Girl Small World in 2015. If you haven't heard these albums yet, I recommend you do so right away. The 2019 album, Cause I Love You, spawned two singles, Juice and Tempo. The deluxe version of her album included her 2017 single, Truth Hurts, which became a viral sleeper hit. It topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 two years after its initial release. Around this time, her 2016 single, Good As Hell, also climbed the charts, reaching the top three on the Hot 100 and top 10 of the U.K. singles charts. Lizzo received eight Grammy nominations at the 62nd Annual Grammy Awards, the most for any artist that year including the nomination for Album of the Year for the deluxe version of Cause I Love You. She was nominated for Song of the Year and Record of the Year for Truth Hurts, as well as Best New Artist. She won the awards for Best Urban Contemporary Album, Best Pop Solo Performance, both for Truth Hurts, and the Best Traditional R&B Performance for Jerome. In 2019, Time Magazine crowned her Entertainer of the Year. Her audience is a lot of 30 and 40-something moms, and they really connect with her message of radical self-love and body-positive songs and persona. So after struggling with body issues at an early age, Lizzo became an advocate for body positivity and self-love as she attracted more mainstream attention while making diversity the focus of her music in regards to one's body, sexuality, race, and more. Her group of backup dancers, the Big Girls, consists of all plus-size dancers, highlighting body inclusivity and celebrating individuality. Lizzo appeared in ModClaw's 2018 Say It Louder campaign. Lizzo is passionate about gender and sexuality equality. She has a strong LGBTQ plus following and she's dubbed her fans lesbians. In June 2019, to mark the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, an event widely considered a watershed moment in the modern LGBTQ rights movement, queerly named her one of the Pride 50 trailblazing individuals who actively ensures society remains moving towards equality, acceptance, and dignity for all queer people. 
She's also passionate about mental health awareness and is a vegan. While she's best known for those opening lyrics of Truth Hurts, Why Men Great Till They Gotta Be Great, it's her song Soulmate from the same album that speaks to me most, her lyrics, and she never tells me to exercise. We always get extra fries, and you know the sex is fire, and I gotta testify. I get flowers every Sunday. I'm a marry me one day. And I agree. Buy yourself flowers, eat what you like, have great sex with yourself, and thank you, Lizzo, for these reminders that we don't have to wait for anyone else to give ourselves what we want. Number five, Cardi B. While Belkalise Almanzar may technically be a late millennial having been born in 1992, she is a Gen Z icon, according to The Hollywood Reporter, who ranked her the fourth biggest influence on the generation, achieving fame from her Vine and Instagram videos and her appearance on the reality TV show Love and Hip Hop. Her debut album, Invasion of Privacy, from 2018, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. She broke several streaming records, went triple platinum, and was named by Billboard the top female rap album of the 2010s. She won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Album, making her the only woman to win the award as a solo artist as well as the first female rap artist in 15 years to be nominated for Album of the Year. The album included two number one singles, Bodak Yellow, which made her the second female rapper to top the chart with a solo output following Lauren Hill in 1998, and I Like It, which made her the first female rapper to attain multiple number one songs on the chart. Her collaboration with Maroon 5, Girls Like You, made her the only female rapper to top the Hot 100 three times. WAP, the lead single of her second album, expanded her record as the female rapper with the most Hot 100 number one singles as her fourth leader and made her the only female rap artist to achieve chart-topping singles in two decades, the 2010s and 2020s. If you want to hear more about Cardi B, her activism, and her WAP video, check out my episode from earlier this year. She's the highest certified female rapper of all time. She's the only female rapper to have over a billion streamers on Spotify. This year, Billboard named her Woman of the Year. All of this makes her one of the most influential, not just female rappers, but rappers of all time. And I love her for her aggressive flow, candid lyrics, and unabashed activism. She supported Bernie Sanders in 2016 and 2020, citing his longtime involvement in supporting underprivileged minorities and people getting Medicare because he knows they can't afford it. She has also used her social media pages to raise awareness for victims of police brutality and has encouraged people to vote for mayors, judges, and district attorneys in local elections. In a conversation with President-elect Joe Biden for L, she discussed Medicare, free college tuition, and racial equality. I remember the first time I heard Cardi B, I was on the freeway driving to work when Bodak Yellow came on. I had no idea who she was. Often I listen to Spotify now, um, not always top 40. I, I hadn't seen her on a reality TV show or followed her on social media. Chills went down my spine and I fell in love instantly with her self-assuredness, her divaness, and I feel like she's done so much for rap and especially women in rap that I absolutely love her. While my favorite track is WAP, seriously, go check out that episode. 
Who can deny the fierceness of, I'm a boss, you a worker, I make bloody moves. Having a bad day and want to instantly feel more capable, more powerful, throw on this track and feel your perspective change instantly. Number four, Pink. Recognized for her distinctive, raspy voice and acrobatic stage presence, Pink has sold 90 million records worldwide as of 2020, making her one of the world's best-selling music artists. She's won three Grammy Awards, two Brit Awards, a Daytime Emmy Award, seven MTV Video Music Awards, including the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. VH1 ranked her number 10 on their list of the 100 Greatest Women in Music, and Billboard awarded her Woman of the Year in 2013. At the 63rd Annual BMI Pop Award, she received the President's Award for her outstanding achievement in songwriting and global impact on pop culture and the entertainment industry. Wow. Perhaps better placed on a top 10 of the 2000s list, like our number three artist I'm mentioning next, Pink has continued her 2000s dominance into the 2010s with three more albums, all debuting at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, those albums being The Truth About Love, Beautiful Trauma, and Hurts to Be Human. She's a deceptively strong singer who, like her idol Madonna, has been able to stay relevant by inventing and reinventing herself and her style. She sings pop, punk, R&B. She's also been noted for her raw, soulful voice and her ability to emote. The Inquirer defined her voice as husky and gutsy, further complimenting her for developing into a powerfully emotive vocalist and compared her to Janis Joplin. James Montgomery of MTV describes her as a fabulously fearless pop artist who can outsing almost anyone out there. She can out crazy Gaga. She's the total pop star package. Everything you'd want in a singer, entertainer, icon. And still, she remains oddly off the radar. Such is the price of busting borders. Entertainment Weekly said she essentially invented the whole modern wave of pop diva domination. You can draw a straight line from Get This Party Started to Katy Perry, Kesha, pre-Messianic Lady Gaga, and post-Weird Rihanna. Glamour magazine wrote, when Pennsylvania-born Alicia Moore debuted in 2000, pop was dominated by long-locked blondes like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and Jessica Simpson. Pink changed the game. Without her, the last 13 years of big voice tough chick music is hard to imagine. Adele herself called Pink's performance at Brixton Academy in London one of the most defining moments in her life. She was only 13 years old at the time and said, I had never heard being in the room someone sing like that live. I remember sort of feeling like I was in a wind tunnel, her voice just hitting me. It was incredible. Just Give Me a Reason is my favorite of the decade. It was released in 2012 during a difficult time in my life. Her raw, honest emotion brought me to tears. Pink's career has now spanned a quarter century, and I'm looking forward to see what she's got planned for this next decade. Number three, Beyonce. Another artist with a quarter century plus career, Beyonce is one of my most favorite divas of all time. I can't think of a major event in my life, no joy, no trauma that I don't associate with a Beyonce hit. And like all the great divas, she too has managed to reinvent herself and maintain relevant every single year of the decade. 
Well, I could have an entire podcast easily just dedicated to Beyonce, who Billboard named the greatest artist of the 2000s. I'll discuss a few of her highlights from the 2010s. Beyonce had three great albums, four, Beyonce and Lemonade, with a ton of wide-ranging hits from 2011's Love on Top, my favorite and probably the one I play most. It's a great exercise song. Try not to run faster on a treadmill while listening to that one. Her 2013 hit Drunken Love, which is one of the sexiest songs with the most vivid imagery in which I go on that wild drunken bender with her and arrive home from the club barely lucid having sex all over my house. And then I fill the tub up halfway and then ride it with my surfboard, 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 graining on that wood, graining, graining on that wood. Okay, so maybe I haven't done that literally, but it's one hell of a sensual song. 7-Eleven has that same carefree party energy which shakes me loose from my awkward, nerdy, uptight self into one who's free to dance and move and just be. 2014 also gave us flawless with her iconic I woke up like this line. In 2016, she gifted us with Lemonade, her sixth solo studio album accompanied by a film of the same title on HBO. It's Beyonce's second visual album following her self-titled fifth studio album from 2013 and a concept album that relates her emotional journey after Jay-Z's infidelity and puts it in a generational and racial context. It encompasses a variety of genres, includes reggae, blues, rock, hip-hop, soul, funk, gospel, country, electronic, really just a little bit of everything. And Features guest vocals from James Blake, Kendrick Lamar, The Weeknd, and Jack White. Lemonade was Music Critics' top album of 2016 and was named the greatest album of the entire decade by the Associated Press. It debuted at number one on the Billboard Top 200 and is triple platinum. It sold millions of copies worldwide. If Beyonce had only given us Lemonade, she'd still be in the top 10 divas of the 2010s, it's that good. But Beyonce wasn't finished there. She also had Billboard Top 100 hits in 2019, the song Spirit from the Lion King soundtrack, and Brown Skin Girl, which features daughter Blue Ivy. She also appeared on DJ Khaled's 2018 song Top Off and Megan Thee Stallion. Look for her to be on my Top 10 Divas of the Year list on the number one hit Savage Remix. In an interview this year, Beyonce said, I have learned that my voice is clearer when I am still. I cherish this time with my family, and my new goal is to slow down and shed stressful things for my life. I came into the music industry at 15 years old and grew up with the world watching, and I've put out projects nonstop. I released Lemonade during the Formation World Tour, gave birth to twins, performed at Coachella, directed Homecoming, went on another world tour with Jay, then Black is King, all back to back. It's been heavy and hectic. She also says, I've spent a lot of time focusing on building my legacy and representing my culture the best way I know how. Now I've decided to give myself permission to focus on my joy. She's provided her fans who've dubbed themselves the Bayhive with joy as she also released some rare photos of her three children enjoying the holidays. My favorite, as I mentioned, is Love on Top, but I'll be listening to all three of her albums for decades to come. Number two, 
Wow, so we are almost to the end of the list, and there are several major names I haven't even mentioned. I'm most definitely leaving off someone's favorite, and for that, I'm deeply sorry. My number two pick is one I would have scoffed at if someone had told me back in 2011 that she'd be one of my favorite artists of this decade. While she has major diva appeal and is a brilliant businesswoman who sold over 50 million albums, she's arguably the weakest vocalist on this list. She doesn't have the emotive ability of, say, Lana Del Rey or the diversity a voice of Pink or the range of Lizzo, which she does have above every artist on the list is her storytelling ability and audience connection. She's a brilliant songwriter who carefully crafts songs that are enjoyed by a large and diverse audience. And while she's criticized for her simplicity, I think it's her greatest strength. Who is this artist? Taylor Swift, of course. While many consider her works from the 2000s her greatest when she released Fearless and Speak Now, it wasn't until the 2010s when she caught my attention when she transitioned from pop country to straight pop. The only song I'd liked of hers previously was the ballad Back to December. Her 2012 album Red featured I Knew You Were Trouble and We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, two songs I embarrassingly belted in the car much to the chagrin of my daughters. We are never ever getting back together, hit number one the year I was going through a painful separation, and I found the song kind of funny, to be honest. (laughs) Just helped put me in a better mood. Her next album, 1989, was a mixed bag for me. I found the songs Blank Space and Shake It Off annoying, but I loved the melancholy and good girl with a hint of darkness vibes on style and out of the woods, but I can't say I became a Swifty until her reputation album. Unfairly maligned, in my opinion, in her beef with Kanye, some criticized her reputation album as whining in bitterness and dismissed it, which is unfortunate because I think it features some of her best songwriting and shows her growth as a person and an artist. Rolling Stone's Rob Sheffield writes reputation shows the darker, deeper side of the pop mastermind and lauded her for trying something new, which she always does. Royce and O'Connor of The Independent says, Call It What You Want is arguably the best song Swift has ever made. Neil McCormick of the Daily Telegraph states, Reputation is a big, brash, all-guns-blazing blast of weaponized pop that grapples with the vulnerability of the human heart as it is pummeled by 21st century fame. This is an album with blockbuster event status, preceded by a satirical hit, Look What You Made Me Do, in which she provocatively ditched her girl-next-door image for something more glamorously sophisticated. But it's Taylor Swift's Lover album that was my favorite album of 2019 and one of my favorite albums of all time, behind probably only Mariah Carey's Butterfly album. The aesthetic of Lover has been described as daytime, summer, and spring, incorporating butterflies, hearts, floral, and kitsch, and consisting heavily of pastel colors. Rob Sheffield from Rolling Stone called the album overpowering and a career-capping masterpiece. Rolling Stone critic Nick Cattucci wrote Lover is evolutionary rather than revolutionary and expanded that it feels like an epiphany, free and unhurried, covered by no one concept or outlook. It represents Swift at her most liberated. She's also come into her own as an activist in recent years. She's self-identified pro-choice feminist 
She avoided discussing politics in her early career, but has become more politically active since the 2018 United States elections. There are some, like my daughters, who are critics who say that's too little and too far too late, and I cannot argue with that, but I'm still glad that she is supporting these causes like the March for Our Lives movement and gun control reform in the U.S. She's endorsed candidates for public office for the first time. For the 2018 midterm elections, she declared her support for two Democratic candidates to represent Tennessee in the House of Representatives and the Senate. She's expressed her desire for greater LGBTQ plus rights and gender and racial equality and has condemned systemic racism. She endorsed Biden-Harris in 2020 and was found to be one of the most influential celebrities in the polls. She also condemns police brutality, supports the Black Lives Matter movement, and has called for the removal of racist Confederate monuments in Tennessee. She also advocated for Juneteenth to become a national holiday. If you don't know what Juneteenth is, please Google that right away and educate yourself. She's also gifted us with two pandemic albums, Folklore and Evermore, the former which was nominated for a Best Album of the Year Grammy. But it's Death by a Thousand Cuts from Lover. That's my favorite song of hers from the decade. This brings us to the greatest diva of the decade, the artist I and others referred to as Baby Mariah, our number one. In fact, the first time I heard her song My Way on the radio was with Haley, who's an Ariana stan, and I turned to her and said, whoa, who is this new Mariah? While Adiva doesn't have to have a vast vocal range, I'm a sucker for a good vocal run and whistle notes, and so it is Ariana Grande who takes the title for this decade. Ariana is the only artist to have five number one debuts, to have her first five number one singles debut at the top spot, to have three number one debuts in one calendar year, and to have all lead singles from each of her first six studio albums debut in the top 10. Grande's first five full-length albums have all gone platinum. With billions of streams, she's the most streamed female artist on Spotify and Apple Music, and is currently the most followed solo female artist on Spotify and YouTube. She's been included in Time's annual list of the 100 most influential people and has been on Forbes Celebrity 100 twice while Billboard has honored her as Woman of the Year in 2018 and as the greatest pop star of 2019, she's the most accomplished female artist to debut in the 2010s. Known for her fashion and signature ponytail, she's also the most followed woman on Instagram. Born to perform, she was involved in children's theater and singing as a young kid. She came to Los Angeles wanting to create a pop album at, well, actually an R&B album at age 14 but her agents felt starring in the Nickelodeon hit Victorious would be a better career move. And after her four seasons on the show, she used her fame to launch her music career. As for influences, Ariana says, I love Mariah Carey. She is literally my favorite human being on the planet. And of course, Whitney Houston as well. As far as vocal influences go, Whitney and Mariah pretty much cover it. Mark Savage of BBC believes Ariana deserves to also be in this conversation, calling her one of pop's most intriguing and gifted singers, a magnetic performer with unrivaled vocal control. 
As the feminist, Grande wrote a well-received empowering essay on Twitter decrying the double standard and misogyny in how the press focuses on female musicians' relationships and sex lives, see Taylor Swift again, instead of their value as an individual. She noted that she has more to talk about concerning her music and accomplishments rather than her romantic relationships. In addition to feminism, Ariana also supports gun reform, held a concert, and donated the proceeds to Planned Parenthood, and supports LGBTQ plus rights and Black Lives Matter. She participated in several of this year's protests against the murder of George Floyd. Her most recent album, Positions, has some really great singles, including Off the Table with The Weeknd and Motive with Doja Cat. My favorite album of hers this decade, though, is Thank You Next which, like Taylor Swift's Lover, is loaded with bangers and doesn't have a single dot on the entire album, from NASA to Fake Smile to Break Up With Your Girlfriend on Board to Ghost In. But my favorite song of hers is Seven Rings, which features Victoria Monet, an artist you also should definitely check out, and which is her longest-running Hot 100 hit, spending 33 consecutive weeks on the charts. Yeah, I'm basic. Rolling Stone's Britney Spanos calls Seven Rings dangerously fun and as deliriously intoxicating as the champagne at Tiffany's with all your best bitches. And who doesn't want to feel like that? So there you have it. My take on the top 10 divas of the 2010s. I'm curious about what you think. Which artists did I include who didn't deserve to be there? Who did I omit that makes this show a total travesty and complete sham? Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let me know what I got right and what I got horribly wrong. However you feel about my list, I hope you show your favorite divas some love. Until next time. What do you love about music? To begin with, everything.